We're going to read from the scriptures about the account of resurrection. So I call upon these persons here present to witness that Jesus is resurrected from the dead. I would like four volunteers just to come and read from Luke chapter 24. Four volunteers to come, look at this, and uh, perhaps we read five, 10 verses each or something like that. Well, yeah, that'd be great. Can I have a, another person? Yeah, come on, that's great. Fantastic. Let's listen from the scriptures, just as Jesus shared from the scriptures about how these things had to happen. Let's listen from the scriptures about how Jesus was raised from the dead. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground, but the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Hallelujah. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee. The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. When they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the others with them who told this to the apostles. But they did not believe the women because their words seemed to them like nonsense. <laughs> Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. Bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves, and he went away wondering to himself what had happened. Now, now that same day, two of them were on their way to a village called Emmaus, which was about seven miles from Jerusalem. Together, they were discussing everything that had taken place, and while they were discussing and arguing, Jesus himself came near and began to walk along with them, but they were prevented from recognizing him. Then he asked them, what is this dispute that you're having with each other as you're walking? And as they stopped walking, they stopped walking and looked discouraged. The one named Cleopas answered him, are you the only visitor in Jerusalem who doesn't know the things that have happened in these days? What things, he asked them, so they said to him, the things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, powerful in action and speech before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and leaders handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we were hoping that he was the one who was about to redeem Israel. Besides all this, it's the third day since these things happened. Moreover, some women from our group astounded us they arrived early at the tomb, and when they didn't find his body, they came and reported they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the woman had said, but they didn't see him. Then Jesus said to them, you foolish people, you find it so hard to believe all that the prophets wrote in the scriptures. Wasn't it clearly predicted that the Messiah would have to suffer all these things before entering his glory? 
Then Jesus took them through the writings of Moses and all the prophets, explaining from all the scriptures the things concerning himself. By this time, they were nearing Emmaus, and at the end of their journey, Jesus acted as if he were going on. But they begged him, stay the night with us, since it is getting late. So he went home with them, and as they sat down to eat, he took the bread and blessed it. Suddenly, their eyes were opened, and they recognized him. And at the moment, he disappeared. They said to each other, didn't our hearts burn within us as he talked with us on the road and explained the scriptures to us? And within the hour, they were on their way back to Jerusalem. Wow. There they found the 11 disciples and the others who had gathered with them, who said, the Lord has really risen. He appeared to Peter. Then they told what had happened on the road and how he was known to them in the breaking of bread. As they were talking about these things, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, peace to you. But they were startled and frightened and thought they saw a spirit. And he said to them, why are you troubled? And why do your doubts arise in your hearts? See my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Touch me and see. For a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. And while they were still disbelieved for joy and were marveling, he said to them, have you anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish and he took it and ate it before them. Then he said to them, these are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures and said to them, thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead and that repentance and forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. And behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you, but stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. Amen. Amen. We're over. Whoa, I am over. There we go. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? Do you know what? Jesus had no qualifications at all, but they called him teacher. He had no medical training, yet they called him healer. He had no army, yet the kings of the earth feared him. He won no military battles, yet he conquered the world. He committed no crime, yet he was cruelly crucified. He was buried in a tomb, yet he lives today. And his name is Jesus Christ. Last weekend, it was uh, great to see Tiger Woods win the Masters Golf Tournament once again. And some have said it was one of the greatest comebacks ever. My friends, that is nothing compared to the comeback of Jesus from the grave. 
He didn't win the masters. He is the master. He is the one who is King of kings and Lord of lords. What a saviour. What a champion Jesus is. And you know, it's amazing to think that Jesus never wrote a book. Yet there are more books written about Jesus than any other subject in the world. Jesus never composed a song. But there are more songs and more music about Jesus than any other person in history. Jesus never drew any pictures in the dirt, maybe. But he didn't do any sculpture, maybe a bit of carpentry. But more art has been made about Jesus Christ than anyone else. Jesus never travelled more than 100 miles from where he was born. And yet, you can find his followers in every nook and cranny of the planet. How does that happen? How does that happen? Only because he is the Son of God, risen in power. And yet for those first believers, caught up in the events of that first Good Friday and that first Easter day, it would have been impossible for them to fully realise what they'd just lived through. Put yourself in their place. But this we know, meeting the risen Lord Jesus, transformed slow and foolish hearts into burning, believing hearts, filled with faith and overwhelming joy. Through them, the message of resurrection would change the world in the power of the Holy Spirit. And we're recipients of that. That's why we're here today. Here we are, 21st century, talking about Jesus. He's alive. Hallelujah. But this is the truth. Their story becomes our story. There's no one here today that this doesn't impact. All of us need the reality and the presence of the living Lord Jesus to burst into our life today. For some of us, it's a wake-up call. It's a wake-up time. Some of you need to be shaken out of your stupor, out of your unbelief perhaps, out of your doubts, out of your confusion. But Jesus wants to come and wake you up even today. And today you can let that happen. And later there'll be opportunity to respond to that. The great news is that today is Sunday. And it's now always Sunday because of the resurrection of Jesus. Isn't that good news? What do we need to hear today? Well, nothing new, but it's ever powerful. And you know, the first thing I want to say is that we're not just celebrating something that is a myth, something that is a little story that someone invented to make people feel good. This happened. This is historical. I love those verses that we read earlier on. It is I myself. (laughs) Flesh and bones, come on. Ghosts don't have flesh and bones. Do you know the bit I love the most? 
is when Jesus ate the fish. I can imagine those disciples saying, well, when was it that you realised he really, really was alive? Well, for me, it was when he crunched the fish. <laughs> oh! By the way, Jesus wasn't a vegan. <laughs> just saying. Just saying. Bit controversial. The other thing about this is, I don't know whether we get this, and I'm really sorry to say this, women, but at the time, women were not accepted as witnesses. And yet, all the Gospels, it's the women that Jesus appears to first. They're the most reliable. (laughs) And he appears to them. And that is so radical. Because if you were wanting to fabricate a story, you wouldn't have put women who were considered to be unreliable as the chief witnesses. And that's what happens. Let me tell you, the Jews were the last people on earth to believe a man could be God. They won't even say the name of God. They'll come up with different ways so they never would ever say the sacred name of Yahweh. And yet all that changed. And Jesus is now, from devout Jews, worshipped as Lord and God. And it changed just like that. How did that happen? Jesus is alive. And you know, these disciples were so changed by this one event that they weren't only willing to talk about it, they were willing to die for it. Willing to lay their lives down for this message of the resurrection. Let me tell you something. You will die for some very strange things, but you won't die if you know it's a lie. You wouldn't do it. And yet these men and women laid down their lives for the glory of Jesus. Why did this happen? Well, this isn't a mythological story with a great feel-good ending to cheer us up, although you can treat it like that if you want to. This is set in time and space. Early on the first day of the week, on the Sunday after Passover in AD 33, in Jerusalem, at the tomb of Joseph of Arimathea. This affected real people. The Marys, Joanna, Peter, John, Thomas, Cleopas. Who's Cleopas? Obviously they knew. And between them, the gospel writers record what happened in beautiful detail. It proclaims that Jesus Christ, after crucifixion, was bodily raised to life on the Easter Sunday. Not just resuscitated or restored to what was before, 
but was gloriously made alive with a body that was like none before, a resurrection body, which could never die again, but showed the victory of God over death. Now, that's so important. Because you see, there would be some that would have you believe who would say, well, we don't need to believe in a physical resurrection. Jesus rises in our hearts every day, (laughs) spiritually changing our minds and making us feel better. Rubbish. (laughs) Jesus rose from the dead. In a body. And as unbelievable as that might sound to our modern thinking, that's what happens. And if you are prepared to look at the evidence and to let truth challenge you, it will change your life. I love um, the line from A Few Good Men, which Jack Nicholson says. You want the truth? You can't handle the truth. (laughs) Some of you need to have your perspective on truth totally changed. Jesus is alive. Hallelujah. Let me just say this because I thought this was good. It's not about the bunny or the chick but about the lamb who was slain and is now alive forevermore. It's not about the bunny or the chick, but about the lamb who was slain and is now alive forevermore. This happened. Isn't that good news? It's great news. Secondly, this resurrection has to become personal. There are some beautiful personal moments recorded in the Gospels. I love it when Thomas, having missed out, I feel so sorry for Thomas. He, you know, he's not there. Pops out perhaps for a loaf of bread or something. I don't know. Jesus turns up and they're all excited. And he comes back and he says, what? Oh, my word. Can you think how Thomas must have felt? Jesus appeared to all those others, but not to him. Right, he said, that's it. Unless I put my fingers in his side and into his wounds, I will not believe. And then Jesus turns up just for Thomas. I love that. I love that. I love the fact that Jesus says, come on then, Thomas. Come on. Come on. Here you go. Here you are. And Thomas My Lord, my God, became personal. Became personal. I love the story. And I feel like Peter sometimes. Peter on the beach. Peter's denied Jesus three times. He's completely messed up. And then Jesus meets him on a beach, cooks him some more fish. (laughs) And he restores this 
fallen, crested man. Can you identify with a saviour who meets fallen people on a beach, cooks them breakfast and restores them? has to be personal. And perhaps the most beautiful personal encounter is with Mary. Mary Magdalene, completely devastated. In the garden, and the gardener comes. But it's not the gardener. Well, maybe he is. Maybe he's the gardener that walked in the Garden of Eden. And he's now the gardener that walked in the garden where the tomb is. But one thing he said, Mary, Mary. And in a moment, her whole world is turned around. And isn't that how it is? He calls your name. This isn't mass hysteria. This is personal encounter. This is the Jesus who meets us personally and says, will you follow me? And on this Resurrection Sunday, I want you to know that Jesus is here for you. And wherever you are, and whatever mess your life is in right now, whether you don't even realise that you need a saviour, He's come for you and he says right now, you can bow the knee and come before me and say, my Lord and my God. That you can have everything that has separated you from the love of God. Actually, nothing separates you from the love of God, but you've separated yourself by the way that you have lived. He comes to you and he says, I can take that away. And when I died on that cross... When I was nailed in your place, I paid the bill so that you can come home. It is finished, so you are not finished. And Jesus says to you this morning, wherever you are, it's time to come home. It's time to put your trust in me and know the life that I bring. Third thing that I want to share this morning And we're coming towards the end fairly soon. Resurrection is death defeating. Obvious, isn't it? But actually, how we need that. And I'm so glad that we got to pray for those dear brothers and sisters in Colombo and in Sri Lanka. Actually, there are around the world in many places, God's people who are suffering. I, I, I don't know why we never, ever get to hear about what's happening in northern Nigeria. So many Christians are being persecuted in that land. And there are many other places as well. So many places. And you know what? We are so fortunate on so many levels that we never get to experience, I guess, often what they have to live with. But let me tell you, the one thing that makes it real is the fact that you know that when you die, you will be with your saviour. It changes everything. It changes everything. And it's so easy for us to take that for granted. But when you're in that place, to know that Jesus has been raised to life and that your resurrection is in his resurrection, boy, it changes everything. It changes everything for us.
And you know what? What Jesus did is the hope of humanity. I don't know about you, but I think there's a lot of people who are very contented with just being fertilizer when they finish for some cherry tree. When they get buried, they just get into the circle of life. And so they go round and round and round. And yet I know inside all of us, that isn't, that isn't something that feels right. That's why there's something inside all of us that wants to, wants to have an existence beyond the grave. And you know the reason why we have that is because it says that we have been made in the image of God and he set eternity in our hearts because we were made for him. And when we do not know him, we are restless. And the truth is this. That's why every time when we face death, actually we find some kind of outrage in it. We don't feel that that's right. And yet here's the news. One out of one people die. And the statistic hasn't changed. I do laugh when people say that mortality rates have gone down. Has it? Okay. Okay. But let me ask you this question, and it's a serious question. If today that your life were asked of you, where will you go? Whose do you belong to? Who do you belong to? Where will you go? Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. I am the one who can bring you through this, this fearsome thing called death and bring you out the other side into a life that is even more glorious than you can ever imagine or know. And just to show you that it works, I'm alive. And I want to invite you, even this morning, those of you who've never done this, I want to invite you to put your hand in the one who is alive. Don't trust it to anything else. I, I heard this a few years ago. Some of you are trusting in things that really are a little bit like a hospital gown. You think you're more covered than you really are. <laughs> and actually, you're quite exposed in a few places. <laughs> Jesus is the only one who can cover you entirely and take you through into glory. And the final thing I want to say this morning before we just celebrate and have time to just draw some responses out of this, is that resurrection needs to be proclaimed. We cannot keep this to ourselves. It says, doesn't it, repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem, and you are witnesses of these things. You know, church, this is such good news. We can't hide it away. We've got to let it out. 
In fact, I wish today we could blow the walls down. I really do. Because we've been commissioned to do the things that Jesus did. We've been given the power and authority to do and say the things that Jesus said. To heal the sick, to bind up the brokenhearted, to release the captives. This is what resurrection people do. Because when we're alive, we get to do this stuff. We're not just given time to kill. We have more life to live than anybody else on the planet. Abundant life. Life with Jesus. And I want to say to us, come on church, let's live it. Let's not kind of settle for something that is just a little bit of religion on the side. Let's get ourselves into that place of saying, all to Jesus, I surrender. He's got the lot. I'm fully in. I'm fully in for his kingdom to come on earth as it is in heaven. And that's what we're doing Talked about revival earlier on, but that's all revival is really. It's bringing the reality of what will be in heaven on the earth. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Hallelujah. That is wonderful. And you know what? We need therefore to pray against the things that destroy and harm against sickness, against those things that will be ultimately banished in heaven. It's not to say that these things will never be here, this side of glory. They will. There's mystery as well as miracle. But at the same time, we do not settle until we see a breakthrough after breakthrough. I want us to be able to stand up as Heather did just at the start of the service and see more and more and more of the kingdom breaking in. More and more lives changed. More and more people coming to Jesus because they have met him alive. And you are witnesses of this. You are witnesses to these things. And Jesus has broken through again. Hallelujah. There we go. I just want to finish with this because this really touched me this week. I was reading about the life of a man called Augustine. Augustine of Hippo. What a great name. And um, he lived around the 4th century AD, 4th and 5th century AD. And he's a great theologian, man who found Jesus, had a really dodgy background totally changed, turned his life around, Holy Spirit came into him. But he came to a point where he, he didn't believe in miracles anymore. Had great theology, apart from the fact he didn't believe that miracles could happen. And I was reading that on the... Wonderful! On Easter Sunday in AD 424, that all changed for him. On Easter Day, he was waiting to preach in the cathedral in Hippo. And there was two members of his congregation who probably had what we would call Parkinson's disease. And they were shaking uncontrollably. That's what they did all the time. And one of the guys, Paulus, he was praying on that Easter Sunday that God would set him free from his affliction. And as Augustine came into the cathedral... This man suddenly fell onto the floor as the Holy Spirit came upon him and he stopped shaking. 
And in fact, all the people around were so amazed by this. They started to shout and praise. And there was so much cheering. In fact, it was deafening. And Augustine said, wow, I think I better change my theology. (laughs) And he got this man, Paulus, the following Wednesday to stand up in front of the whole congregation again and to share what had happened. And he got his sister, Palladia, who was still suffering from this Parkinson's disease, standing right by the side, and she was shaking. And as they were talking about what God had done, Augustine said, Blessed are you who believe these things, even though you have not seen. And then suddenly, Palladia herself falls to the ground, and she stops shaking. And she is healed there and then. And again, it said the whole cathedral erupted in praise and shouts of God. From that moment on, Augustine saw healings and miracles and signs and wonders. And many, many people came to know Jesus. The resurrection broke open the way for miracles. And I believe on this Easter Sunday in 2019, the resurrection can break open the way for revival. Can break open the way for witnesses to come and testify of what Jesus has done. I want to encourage you to stand up right now. I want to just finish with this. Whilst we were away in France last week, we stayed in this room where it got Velux windows into into the roof and our bedroom was up in the roof. And uh, these Velux windows had got blackout blinds. And um, when you pull them down, pitch black. And we slept really well. And then one morning I got up and I hadn't quite realised what time it was. It was quite late in the morning actually, which was great. I'm a lion, wonderful. But as I opened up the Velux blind, I nearly blinded myself because the sun was so bright. And as I lifted up that blind, I almost fell backwards because it was so... And I just feel this morning, there are some of you who are just beginning to have the blinds lifted. And I want to encourage you right now, if you do not know Jesus Christ, or maybe you think you know a little bit about him or enough about him, I want to say there's more. And it's time for the blinds to go up. It's time for the sun to shine in. And it's time for you to wake up and know Jesus. And I want to give you an opportunity right now to put your hand in the hand of Jesus. There are some of you here right now who need to be baptised. Do you know what? We should have had baptisms today. We should have had. At our south site, there was. Our north site, we didn't. There are some of you here who need to be baptised. And I want to give you an opportunity to come and say, I want to be baptised. I want to come and follow Jesus and declare my trust in him that way. And I want you to come and tell me afterwards that you want to be baptised. 
because there are people here today that need to do that. And the final thing that I want to do right now is I want to commission witnesses. I want to commission preachers of the gospel. And I'm not talking about coming up here and doing it. I'm talking about doing it out there. I'm talking about doing it in your families. I'm talking about being witnesses of what Jesus has done in your life. And if you want to be a witness in that way, I'm going to give you an opportunity right now, as the band comes and just comes up to the front, I want to invite you just to come to the front right now. If you want that empowering again today, just to come and be a witness for Jesus Christ. Some of you need to get into that habit again of talking about what he's done in your life. I want to invite you to come right now. This is a commissioning. This is Jesus saying, this message will be preached. This message will be proclaimed and lived out. Just want to invite you to come to the front. Just as a, as a way of saying, Jesus, I'm all in for this. Jesus, I'm all in. And just whilst we're doing that, if there's anybody here right now who knows that Jesus has been speaking to them and calling their name, just like he did to Mary, just as he came to Thomas, just as he came alongside Peter, he's coming alongside you. And he's saying to you right now, put your hand in my hand. And all you need to do is that you need to acknowledge, you need to acknowledge that you're a sinner. What does that mean? It means that you've fallen short of what God has asked of you. You've not lived your life knowing that he's there. You've perhaps rejected his ways, consciously or unconsciously, but you've done it. You've allowed the things of this world to become stronger in your eyes than he has been. We've all been there. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. If that's you, you just need to say, Jesus, I'm so sorry. And I repent of that. I want to change. I'm aware of the reality of you right now. And I want what you did when you died on the cross to clean me, take away my guilt, take away my shame, take away everything that's messed up, fix me, put me back together, make me new. I want to be restored. I want to be made whole. I want to be healed. I want to be taken out of that place of the sin bin. And I want to be placed into your kingdom today. Jesus, remember me today. Jesus, I am yours. And you know, if you say that in your heart, this moment you can be born again. You can be made new. You can be made alive. And the resurrection power of Jesus will come into you and make you alive for all eternity. And if that's you, I just want you just to kind of look at me and wave at me. I want you to tell me that you've done that today. If you haven't done that, you need to do that today. Is there anybody here? Anybody here that needs to do that? Anybody here that needs to do that? Father, all those who've just taken that step to come to the front because they know that they need just that courage and that boldness and that power again to be witnesses. I want to pray right now. Would you just release your Holy Spirit's power? 
Will you release that revival power, that resurrection power upon your church again this morning, on everybody here today? I want to pray right now. Release an anointing to be preachers of the gospel. Whether that's standing on a platform or whether that's sitting on a train, whether that's in the high street or with family members, I pray right now, let the message of the gospel go forth in power. And we pray, Lord Jesus, that you will send miracle signs and wonders to confirm the preaching of your words, that this gospel will go to all nations and that there will be thousands upon thousands transformed and brought into your kingdom. And I pray right now that you would wake us up, that you'd open the blinds, that you would make us alive in Jesus' power. And I pray from this moment on, Lord, that we might see what we read throughout your word, those that you saved being added into your family daily. That's what we pray. We pray for breakthrough in the mighty, mighty name of Jesus. And Lord, we thank you. We thank you for this moment. And Lord, we're just going to celebrate you now. We're going to finish on a note of praise. We're going to say thank you. We're going to praise you. We're going to kind of worship our socks off, Lord, because you are worthy of it all. And we know that we're alive in you. All God's people said, let's do that.